Welcome to Airdrop, the show that'll help you understand what NFTs are, how to use them, how they work, and all that good stuff. By the time we're done today, you'll be able to explain to your mom, like, no, ma, NFTs are not a cult, and the people on the news that are saying it's a cult, they don't really know what they're talking about either. I'm Rowion. And I'm Phosphorus. This is a very special episode for Rowion and I. Today, we're going to chat back and forth about NFTs, just to see if we've learned anything since starting this podcast. Right. It's that whole thing with the Einstein quote that we talk about. If you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. So we're going to ask ourselves some of the questions that we've been asking our guests and see if we've actually learned anything this whole time. Here we go. Let's drop in. All right, Rawian, are you ready for the question we've been asking all of our guests right off the bat? Can you explain what an NFT is in the most simple language possible? Okay. Okay. Here's how I do it. All right. Let's hear it. You know how you have just stuff in your house? Yes. NFTs are digital stuff. In the same way we have stuff in our house, now we can have stuff on the internet. The difference is... With the stuff that we have on the internet, we can prove that we own it and we can prove that it was actually made by the person who actually made it. And the way that works is the NFT itself is usually a picture, right? A JPEG or a PNG, just an image file that has this code stuck onto it. The picture always comes with this code and the code, which is called a smart contract, says all the things you know it says like oh this is owned by this person this person made it and because this person owns it they can do x y and z so just stuff just a new way to own stuff does that make sense did i do a good job there yeah i think so i mean when you said that i'm just started looking at all the stuff on my desk and i'm like wow i do have a lot of stuff right Maybe this isn't a good thing. This is like the opposite of minimalism for the internet. It's like maximalism <laughs> for stuff. Right. So like uh, I'm going to find a random thing on my desk. Uh, this fidget cube. I have a little fidget cube on my desk that I bought uh, at Walmart or something. But I remember somebody released the fidget cube as a product a while ago. I think it was on Kickstarter or something. I don't think I own an actual original fidget cube made by that brand that developed this product. I think it's just a, a random one that Walmart found somebody who could make it really cheap and they sell it in their store. And there's no way to prove that this thing is the real deal. There's also no way to prove that it's mine if I lost it somewhere in a park, you know, like mm. out mm -hmm. in public somewhere. It's, it's just a random little toy. With NFTs, you can prove like, oh, yeah, this is actually from the company that invented it, and I got it on Kickstarter on this day. And it also proves that, like, this is my fidget cube. It's mine. It belongs to me. Okay. Yeah, that does make sense. Why would somebody have, why would somebody want digital stuff? I mean, we're just living life on the internet now. That's just normal, you know? A lot of people have been saying, like, well, we're increasingly living more and more digital lives, and it's like, the way I see it, 
I'm already there. I'm looking at this computer most of the day, every single day. A lot of the interactions and things that I do in life happen on the internet. So it would just make sense for me to own things that exist on the internet. That Yeah, that makes so much sense. Right? How would you explain NFTs in the simplest way possible? Simplest way possible? You did pretty good. Thanks. The simplest way possible, it's, yeah, things that you own that are digital. Whether that's a key to a restaurant or a speakeasy, Ooh. right? That you It's a digital thing. Or it's a art piece from your favorite creator that you wanted to do. Like, I think of it a lot of like Kickstarter back in maybe a decade ago, right? Kickstarter was this huge thing that helps creators that say if they wanted to make a board game and you'd like, this is awesome, I'm going to help them. And you get that, right. the board game. Like this is very, it's very similar in that, but now we're doing it with digital tokens on the blockchain, which I think in a lot of the crypto language around this scares a lot of people because they don't understand how this works. And the term NFT isn't intuitive, like non-fungible. I have to explain yeah. what fungible is now. Right. You can't you can't have non-fungible without explaining what fungible is. And nobody uses the word fungible on a daily basis, you know? No, it's it's it sounds like a like a bad Chuck E. Cheese thing, like, come on to fungible time. <laughs> fungible literally just means that it's something I have, but I don't care what it is. Like money is a is probably the best example. As long as I have 20 bucks, I don't care what that 20 bucks looks like or how crinkled it is or how many hands it's passed through. I just want 20 bucks because it, it's what it represents is important. Right. But a non-fungible thing is like, I mean, collector's items is the easiest way to talk about it because it's, you're talking about a, a Michael Jordan rookie card. Right. That's more valuable than say his third or fourth or fifth year. I want not just any Michael Jordan card. I want the ones that were important, the ones where he won championships. Right. It's kind of like, okay, I just put it in in terms in my own brain. Non-fungible versus fungible. It's like when they made the rings for the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh Uh-huh. There were, I don't know, just a handful, like maybe four or five of them made. Somebody can check me on that i'm sure i didn't get that number right but you can well, there's buy three, there's three for the elves and five well, no. for the dwarf lords <laughs> and nine for the for the kings of men no like for the movie they actually oh. made like very a very specific number of physical rings and a very very big one right including one one giant one for the close-up shots right there's only one giant lord of the rings ring there are maybe four or five real life size ones. And then there are a floppity jillion fake, just merchandise ones, like random ones that people have made that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. That's the ones I buy on Etsy. Right. Those would be uh, kind of like fungible. They're just, I don't care what specific Lord of the Rings ring I have. I don't care which ring of power I have as long as I have one. I just want to have a little copy of it or Like, I want to buy the giant prop from the movie. Yeah. There's only one of those. Yeah. And whoever owns that has probably some documentation saying, like, this is the giant ring from the Lord of the Rings production. Yeah, and that makes it more valuable 
and way cooler because you know it's that one of one. Way cooler. And that's where, like, when the internet was started, a lot of people theorized the only problem with the internet when it started was there was no native internet money and there was no real way to check things. And so when Bitcoin was created, it created this online ledger system that nobody could mess with. We could tell where everything was at all times because it was cryptographically computer done. And with NFTs, they live on these same type of ledgers. So if there's a Stacks NFT, it does live on the Bitcoin blockchain. So that's what makes these things so cool is because you can track where they've been, who had them, and everything else. Like what if, say, Rawion, you owned, say, a ring that was using the same analogy. You owned one of the ones that Elijah Wood had. Yeah. Now that one's even more cool because it was once owned by Frodo himself. Right. We can now track that on the blockchain and it's secure. No one can lie to you about it. Man, that would be awesome. Wouldn't it be awesome? So that's what, in Lord of the Rings terms, that's what an <laughs> NFT is. That's, that's what this episode should have been. Explaining NFTs with, by using Lord of the Rings metaphors. My precious. So how many times have you explained what NFTs are now to your real life, in real life friends when they ask? Um, I, I've lost count at this point. I've explained it to my mom at least twice. I know that much. She didn't internalize the information that I gave her the first time. So I had to explain it to her again. But yeah, I have to do it all the time now. We have some exciting news to share with you today. If you've been following us, you obviously don't know what we look like because we haven't shown our faces yet. We've chosen to work under our pseudonyms. I really like that. That's a common thing in this world. In real life, interaction is rare in the NFT space. This world is all about building community, but that community is literally all over the world. All over the world. So even though we feel like we're a part of this big community and we're talking to each other and having these great conversations and aping into all these different projects, we're still just in a room by ourselves chatting with our internet friends who we've never actually met. That's weird. Are you spying on me? That's exactly what's happening. I am 100% spying on you. That's where Bitcoin Unleashed comes in. Bitcoin Unleashed is a two-day event in Miami, April 5th and 6th, 2022. Yes, in real life, offering a wide range of Bitcoin-focused talks, panels, and discussions. There's even a couple parties thrown in there, which is probably where you're going to find me. At Bitcoin Unleashed, we can come together as a community, in real life, and get to know each other a little bit better. And that's the exciting thing we want to announce. We are going to be there without our PFPs, interacting in real life. And we would love to hang out with as many of you as we can. So let's all come together as a community to learn about Bitcoin, Stacks, NFTs, and more. Yeah, let's share a meal, grab a drink, and just have a really good time. You can check the link in the description of this episode. We can't wait to see you there. And please, come say hi. And on that note, let's get back to the show. One of the things we wanted to talk about in this episode is our background, just like where we're coming from so that you know why we think the way we think or ask the questions we ask and all that kind of stuff. So Phosphorus and I both have kind of marketing and content creation backgrounds. I've been doing branding and marketing for like over a decade and Phosphorus has been making content and videos and all that kind of stuff for what, around six years, Foss? Yeah, I think it was around six years I finally went like 
full time and started creating. Yeah. And we found out about all this NFT stuff that was going on and we were obviously intrigued, intrigued enough that we wanted to start figuring out how it all works. And that's really why we started Airdrop because we wanted to learn about this stuff. We wanted to learn from people who really, really, really know what they're talking about. And we want to learn in public so that we can do the hard job of asking the dumb questions and looking silly and you can benefit from that and learn along with us. We were originally going to start just a branding and marketing company, just the two of us, before this NFT craze hit. We were already thinking about it. I just left a job. You were working freelance, doing your own stuff. Yeah. And we knew we were going to team up. And then when the NFT craze hit, I don't know, there was something about it that reminded me of early internet days when things were just getting started. It was just new... And I don't know, it was something I was like, we can't miss this opportunity. Right. I would say when the NFT craze hit us. Yes. Right. Because it's been, it's been slowly growing for a while. Uh, slowly growing. It's been ridiculously fast growing for a while. Um, Billions of dollars in transactions. But yeah, when, when we caught up to it, when we figured out what was going on, that's when we decided, hey, let's actually shift our focus into this world because there's something really special and awesome happening here. Yeah, so we decided to niche down completely and focus all of our efforts on Web3 and the NFT world. So that's what we're doing. Our goal with Airdrop is to help business owners learn how to use NFTs, right? How artists can leverage the power of this new vehicle to get their art out there and to help NFT project founders understand how to talk about this in a really easy and simple way. Ooh. So, Rallyon, I want to ask a question. Okay. This is our 10th episode of Airdrop. Yeah. We've been observing this whole space for a little while now. What would you say the purpose of NFTs are? Like, like right now? Like right now, 2022. Do you want me to be... Be honest. You want me to be honest? Be honest. Give me your true feelings. I think the purpose of a lot of nft projects is to make money cash grabs mm. i hate i hate saying it because i don't want that to be the purpose of nfts but there's a lot of stuff out there right now that's really just about making money and you know flipping and getting getting rich which is not necessarily a bad thing you know like if that's what you want to do you're allowed to do that i just think there's so much more that it could be which is why i'm like kind of bummed that that's the case that i'm seeing everywhere do you know what i mean yeah there's like there's two cases for the person who's buying it feels like gambling right and 98 percent of gambling the house is always going to win and your money's going to get taken and then on the like the creator side it feels like it's just a big cash grab and you're taking the money and you're running yeah because the technology isn't as developed, right? And everyone's got the same big roadmap, right? It's it's we release a project, then we make a game, or it's an IP, or it's it's a tokenized, and then we're going to the metaverse, and it's like it's the same thing over and over again. And, and it's hard to see projects actually fulfill what they say. So it's like, where did this go? You just made a million plus dollars, and now you're just running away. 
Yeah, that's the sad part. There's a lot of really great things happening. I think there's a lot of great projects that are building things that are worthwhile and awesome and that will matter in the long run. It's kind of like I needed to give the disclaimer to the people that are just learning about NFTs now. There's a lot of that cash grab stuff going on. So just be careful, I guess. Yeah. And there's a lot of like scams and fishiness that, and I think a lot of our, our people we interview have talked about that, of like just being careful on who you trust in this space. It is kind of the wild, wild west at the moment. And that's cool. And you want to be there. However, don't just ape into everything right away and throw all your money at it or click weird DMs. <laughs> yeah. Usually projects don't reach out to you. In, in DMs and Discord. That's just usually not how that works. They're busy creating or shipping or trying to develop right. something else. So just know that a lot of these projects do feel like cash grabs, but there are so much more to NFTs than just that. Um, one of the big things that I'm seeing around NFTs is just community. Yes. Everyone is using the word community, almost to a buzzword, and I was really having a hard time with it because it, it just did feel like a buzzword. Like you're just saying the word over and over again. Yeah. It's like how uh, in the corporate world for, for a while, people have just been saying culture. Our culture is uh, a uh, cultural culture of culturosity. And it's like, that's kind of kind of what it feels like with community and NFTs. But the people that are actually, truly, authentically building a good and solid community are the projects that are doing really, the really best. well. Yeah. Because that's, that's what everyone wants. That Everyone wants to be a part of a community, be a part of a club that's doing something together. That feels good. It feels good to belong to something, you know? And we see this even in the people we've interviewed, right? For like Vandal and Project Indigo, they were in the Megapont community, him and Tim, right? And they were just looking at looking at this going, what can we do? And then they like found each other, teamed up and did something cool. Like that's yeah. community coming together and not just helping the project they're a part of grow, but building something else. And I think that's really cool. And in an age where we all feel so disconnected from people in general, having people that genuinely care in a community really can be life-changing for people. For sure. Yeah. And I think I think you touched on another thing that is a great purpose that I'm seeing in NFTs right now. It's allowing people to start projects and even companies or, or, or launch products by using NFTs as a first round of funding for the project or company or whatever mm -hmm. it is that they're that they're building, right? Where in the past, you would have to spend 10 years in a garage tinkering with this thing that you're trying to invent. And then you finally invent it and you get a, a patent. And then you have to go and pitch it to a bunch of people. Like, it's you know, Kickstarter kind of disrupted that a little bit. But now with NFTs, it's making it so much more possible to, like, get people behind this idea that you have help you fund the beginning of it and then launch the thing. And I also think it puts a good amount of pressure on the developers and the yeah. creators too. Yeah, for sure. Because now you have a thousand people that are expecting you to do something. Right. You need to be able to feel that pressure to actually get something done and move forward. And I know the people that we've talked to, they all feel that pressure to build something now for the community. It's like you have a thousand people that have invested in you and now have stock. 
in whatever you're doing. And so when you succeed, they succeed. And I think that is an amazing part of Web3. And I think it will forever change how we deal with community and projects on the internet. For sure. Okay. What are some of the biggest problems that you're seeing with NFT projects and just the NFT space in general? I mean, we've talked about cash grabs quite a bit just now, but what what are some things that you're seeing that just aren't really great with NFT projects that have been coming through that, that you've been seeing recently? Yeah. And I think like this comes from our background of just doing branding, marketing content. We just kind of see things a little bit differently. Yeah. So much of the language around NFTs and crypto is cryptic. It's hard to understand. It, yeah. I, I feel that. I like there's I've been on a couple websites for NFT projects and it I have to dig into their website just to find what they're actually doing. Right. And as a as a branding and marketing guy, I'm like that should be the first thing I see on your website. It should be right there in big gigantic letters at the very top of your website. This is what we're doing. And then like have the roadmap and all, all the other stuff, right? Right. Like if we're doing a, say a country club is a great example. Like the problem they're solving is you get the best place to swim all summer with all of the best people. Right. Right. That the problem they're solving is you're, it's a club that you're surrounded with the best people. And a lot of NFT projects are community based like a country club, but they're not saying that. They're saying... Right. We're going to go to the moon. This is the project that will get the most hype. And it just feels like a bunch of FOMO marketing that if I don't buy now, I will have missed the next thing. And that is scammy. It's just straight scammy. Don't do it. Yeah. And it it doesn't fill your audience with confidence when you're just saying a bunch of stuff that sounds smart but doesn't actually tell them anything right if you know anything about ux you know that users are kind of afraid of buttons so they're not going to click that mint button unless they know exactly what they're getting themselves into and if you're just cryptic and unclear or you're trying to sound really smart and very crypto duty on your website then people aren't going to care or people aren't going to want to get involved. You know what I mean? And I understand also how early we are in this. And a lot of NFT projects are specifically targeting people who are crypto native, who have already bought Ethereum, have already bought Bitcoin. They understand how it works. They have already into DeFi. And that makes the onboarding to NFTs much easier. Yeah. But if NFTs are going to get as big as I think they are, we need to get the average person involved. Right. And that just means being clear up front of how this benefits them. Yeah. that's It's not going to last long. It's not going to be forever that only people who know all the right terms are going to be buying NFTs. A hundred percent. And another big problem I'm seeing is just, I mean, we kind of talked about this, but like the rug pulls, like, and that's yeah. a term in the community that means that you buy a project and they just pull the rug out from underneath you and they just grab all your money and run away and- even if they have a good project and they sound all good up front, people do it and they run away. So it's important to be able to follow up and keep those bad actors accountable, um, which I think the blockchain will do a good job at because you can always tell where things go in the blockchain. Yeah. I mean, okay. Something that 
I'm seeing as a really huge problem in the NFT space that doesn't necessarily seem like a problem right now is a lot of these projects aren't actually solving anything. They're not really solving a problem, right? A good product always solves a problem. And there's a lot of projects, even some pretty big projects that are like, yeah, get this NFT and you'll be in our community and you'll, and it, it all just like stays within just the act of owning an NFT. And it doesn't really do anything outside of that. Does that, does that make sense? It, it's not doing anything for the world around it. It's just creating this internalized little world that revolves around owning a Bitcoin platypus. You know what I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there can be certain stuff where it's like they feel a part of a community or there's entertainment value. Right. There's that, but a lot of them aren't even doing that. Right. Again, it's my marketing branding background. You know, a Mr. Clean Magic Eraser cleans your wall. Yeah. I don't just buy empty boxes of Mr. Clean Magic Erasers so that I can be a part of the Mr. Clean Magic Eraser community and show my friends that, I, you know, that's something that I'm seeing that's missing in a lot of NFT projects. Um, not all of them. Not all of them. Yeah. I wish I was seeing more of that, like projects that are serving a purpose and solving a problem in the world. That I think is going to set a lot of projects apart and help them last a lot longer right because we care about these nft projects we want to see them succeed we want to see you like as a founder actually go through the steps and create value for your community and i think that's our ultimate purpose yeah for sure so Rallyon, we've talked about what some of the biggest problems are that we're seeing in the nft space what are some of the awesome things that you're seeing in the nft space right now yeah let's get positive this episode's been a downer. Let's let's, let's talk about good stuff. Because we're in it. We're in it to win it here. Right. I think really the opposite of that last thing that we just talked about. People that are using the technology to actively make the world a better place. Right? We uh, we talked to Brian at Satoshables yeah. about Built With NFT and how they're using NFTs to fund schools in developing countries. That's incredible, you know, and we're seeing projects about the whole mint is going to like ocean conservation and that doesn't all need to be charity stuff. But, you know, they're solving a problem in the world, which is, I think, the number one thing any businessman should be trying to do. Right. Yeah. That's that's the kind of stuff that I love seeing that I'm seeing right now. Yeah. There's a quote from Peter Diamandis and he says, if you want to be a billionaire, you need to help a billion people. And we're trying to look for the people that want to help. Yeah, for sure. One of the big things that I really like about NFTs is how artists and creatives can use it. I really do think it's going to reshape the creator economy as we know it, because now I don't have to live in rented space on YouTube or yeah. Facebook or TikTok. I can actually find my 100,000 true fans and be supported that way and then in turn create tremendous amount of value for the people that supported me initially. And I think that that double system there is what makes NFTs so powerful. And I'm excited to find people that are like utilizing that feature really well. Yeah, I mean, just artists 
finally having a way to make a really good living by just being artists or just being creators. Mm -hmm. There's something really powerful and awesome about that. I'm also liking how NFTs are just another avenue for creatives to enhance their storytelling. Yes, or just what whatever they're doing in general. And I do think you're going to see a whole other wave of creatives come into this space and we're going to see the creator economy just go to the whole another level with this. And I'm excited to see that that play out. What also gets me really excited about NFTs and just how global this whole thing is. Yes, absolutely. When we started Airdrop and we were like, all right, what times on our calendar are we going to set aside for interviews? And we put it between, you know, between nine and five regular work hours. And then we started talking to people in Australia and England and Eastern Europe. And like we had to throw out that calendar really fast because every, we were talking to people that are all over the world. Right. And you can, yeah, you can buy a project from someone in Indonesia and help them out tremendously. Or you can be talking with people in France or South America or the Philippines. This is a global thing that's happening. It's kind of redefining what it means to work with people from around the world in regards to like borders and where people come from. And it really does create an opportunity, doesn't matter where you come from, to make a difference in this space. So I think that's a really cool aspect of the NFT world that deserves more recognition is just how global all of this is, from Vietnam to Colombia to... Let's just spend another 20 minutes just listing countries. Texas. (laughs) I think the last big thing I'm seeing out of the NFT space that I'm really liking is people creating community and NFT projects and using this technology in extremely unique ways to do things that really does bring the community together. And I think the projects that create community and serve the community and solve the community's problems will be the longest, yeah, most lasting blue chip projects out there. Man, I don't, I don't think we can do any better than that. So we have something we kind of want to announce at the end of this podcast. Obviously, we've been thinking about NFTs for a while now, and we decided that it's time to dip our toe in, at least our small toe, our pinky toe. We're putting our pinky toe in. Yeah. So I'm going to start releasing one-of-one NFTs as an artist. I'm going to use the skills and talents that I've been using professionally for most of my life and... I'm just going to make some cool stuff and put it out there for all of you to see and potentially own. And I mean, we are using Airdrop as a learning platform. We are learning out loud. And if we want to help artists leverage NFTs for their creative careers, I think it's important we try. We got to practice what we preach. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm an artist and I'm just sitting here not making stuff. So you know what? I'm going to go make stuff. Yes. So I'm going to be releasing this one of one on Byzantian. There's going to be a link in the description of this episode where you can go and check it out and learn more about what all that is going to look like. And make sure you follow Airdrop on Twitter at Airdrop Show and share this podcast with anybody you think would benefit from listening to us talk about NFTs and want to join our community of people who are willing to learn about NFTs. And as always... Remember who you are.